And hey, guess what? We're live. <laughs> uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. The Vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. The show started as a result of spite and the Streisand effect because social media is lately becoming the realm of the antisocial. Uh, as you could tell, our earless feeder, Shujin Tribble, is out for tonight. Uh, he's actually taken a well-deserved vacation uh, away from all of this. And hey, I got to give the guy props because he has been working hard. So as a result, of course, we revert to plan B, which is yours truly. Um, I've normally known as the top left of the bingo card, uh, known everywhere online as Dallin. And before we get started here, let's... Um, uh, let me catch my breath. <laughs> I, I literally, it feels like I did that all in one breath. Uh, you can see the big mug on the main screen here, of course, is Unrenowned Tech. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's not the fact that um, I don't have a webcam. It's just the fact that I look like hell because, well, it's Saturday. Do I really need to comb my hair? No. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, going a little dude, bit. Who cares? I, I mean, like I need a haircut and a beard trim, dude. I look like I'm preparing for like a jihad or something. <laughs> I was going to say you're probably looking, you know, getting ready for the dye job to do the Santa thing, but you know, okay. Ooh, I could do that. Yeah. So I'm, I, so what you're saying is I'm one dye job away from being a jihadist Santa. You were not a good boy. Boom. <laughs> you are a misbehaving little girl. <laughs> There's a Krampus joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I just can't quite get it out. I'm not ugly enough for Krampus. I need a couple. Well, to, I need about another ten years, and I got. Uh, it. But when you come down the chimney, you have to yell Allah's neck bar. Allah's <laughs> <laughs> neck beard. No, 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 no. Allah's uh, uh, neck bar. That's a. Uh, that's actually. Oh, what's, snack bar. What's his name? Uh, he used to do a show called The Q. Uh, what's it made out of? I don't want to know. Uh, no. <laughs> and then introducing our other host for tonight, because, uh, well, she was the first one here uh, besides, actually, no, she was here before me because I was busy talking to the boss uh, before this. Uh, Bridget, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> uh, good evening. Still good evening, evening good here. Okay, still evening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bonsoir. <laughs> you know, I, I can't even say that I'm decaffeinated because I've been home all day. So what else is there Speaking to do other than caffeine. drink coffee? Fresh cup of coffee. <laughs> Very nice. And of course, over in the chat here, uh, we got our first uh, victim of the evening, Stephanie. Good morning. I do apologize for being a little bit late. Um, and our vacationing host is here keeping tabs on us. You're not supposed to be working on a vacation. What are you talking about? What, that yep just getting ready? That was, Oh, no, there he is. Oh, frick. I told you to say, <laughs> I called it. And it's on record. It's on the internet. It's there forever. <laughs> Damn it. That means we've got to behave. <laughs> oh, this came out good. All right. Well, um, so let me try to find my notes here because I know I've got them here somewhere. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, yeah, no, I'm completely, completely lost. You know what? That's, that's fine. Um, well, you, you, you've got a five minute blip of bitching and moaning about whatever you want. Uh, you know, I typically don't do the freestyle because I can't ad lib that well, at least when I know I'm put on the spot, you know, the old nervousness things ever comes up. So, 
well, we got to train you. What we'll do is we'll get a, a, one of those booklets called Mad Libs, oh, and we'll have you run that. <laughs> yeah. Ah, here we go. So just, again, go, yeah, Spitten Stress, yeah. And, okay, to finish out the rest of this, Ooh, part of this. I just is, had a. What's that? I, I, I just had a business idea. And we could run it past, like, uh, the companies that do, like, all the atheist paraphernalia and stuff. We could do atheist libs, where what we do is instead of injecting just nouns and adjectives and adverbs and verbs and stuff what we do is we have a filled with crazy talk and then we put in different religious terminology oh god <laughs> you think it would sell oh maybe Ooh, we could do a church bingo card for those that are still ha have to go undercover and like still have to go to church with their families or friends and such. <laughs> uh, and, and, they, and they they could just you know make, we can make little palm size ones. So they just put a little dot right. And you can see it now in the middle of the Father and the Son and a uh, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Bingo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, before, we, before we get completely derailed, like we're not already, uh, part of this is also to follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important, and in this case, a hell of a lot more fun than the destination. Okay, so we've done all of our introductions. Um, of course, uh, and to be honest, I didn't have a chance to go out and check out uh, anything on uh, Rafe Badawi, which is sadly... As Susan has said, it is becoming the norm. You know, we're, we're not hearing much about the guy. And given the stuff that's been kind of dominating the news lately, it's, it's depressingly not a surprise. But uh, in, any, in any case, uh, it's been almost eight years, or yeah, almost eight years since Ray Padawi was arrested for thought crime. And as always, our hopes and thoughts are still with you and your family, and we're still pulling for you. I live for the day when we could possibly get him as a guest on this show. If anything, just to, you know, not necessarily to, to hear about all the stuff that happened to him, but just to, you know, welcome him. Let him know that, you know, there were people who were holding out hope for him. I just wish there was more we could do. Anyways, uh, as I said, I, I typically don't do the freestyle because ad-libbing uh, is not <laughs> my big strong point, or it would be, put it this way, if I were to do it, I would have more uhs and ums in there than any speech ever done by Justin Trudeau. Ooh. And yeah, so let's just not go there. Yeah, the worst... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the worst ums that I've heard in public speaking class would make me cringe. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it, I occasionally put uh, or um when I'm talking, even though I shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Just because it's an old habit that I had as a kid. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. You know, little things like that. Kids are prone to do. And I had a teacher in college who said to me, you need to come after class. Why? 
because we really need to work on how you talk. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. And well, speaking of trouble, um, uh, yeah, speaking of trouble, a particular tribble has decided to join us. Shujin. Oh God. Good morning. I thought we were free of this guy. Uh, maybe not. Well, he's there. I just, we just can't hear him. Uh oh! Could, could we be? Could he be suffering from the uh, the dreaded Joseph syndrome? No. Oh, no. Oh, wait a minute! Us. I got him, but uh, Shujin, you're really, really light. Yeah, I'm working on that. Okay. Just a yeah. Bit. Let's see. He's getting better. Which microphone is it talking through? No, it's talking through the right microphone. It's just needs to be turned up just a hear. About there. Yes, no, yes, no. I can That's hear you. better. Yeah, we got you now. Right. As long as I don't talk, we can hear you. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. I'm only here because, you know, I, I offered for, uh, for, for an opening. Um, I didn't see what the actual topic was for tonight, so what, what actually all will it be for you? Uh, okay. So tonight's show, um, I was, as I was about to say, it's episode 291 on the docket. I'm not orange. Now we've, we've all, I hope we've all seen the meme. Uh, I'm not orange. I'm peach. And of course oh, yeah. it's spelt as <laughs> impeach. Yeah. And okay. This close to the holiday season. I mean, Christmas is literally next Wednesday. Uh, one of my dear friends was kind enough to remind me there was only four days left. Thank you, by the way. Thanks a lot. Um, but this has been kind of lighting up the, the media waves for quite some time. Um, and the fact that uh, Donald Trump has now become the third president in American history to be impeached. So I thought it'd be interesting to find out what's next. Like where, where, where does it go from here? Like, okay, you've, you've announced that he's impeached. He's going to be impeached. He's been impeached. Now what? And that was kind of where I was thinking of going tonight. Okay. So I've got, uh, I've got folks that are reminding me that, you know, I'm, I'm very low into the microphone. I Not basically anymore. turn stuff up. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're sounding good now. Okay. And I know for well that I've got the scratchies because I'm, I didn't reboot into Windows. I'm still under Ubuntu, so forgive me if it's still scratchy. So, um, knowing that that's where you were going to go, how about this? Only because otherwise I should have typed something out or, or whatever the hell, but uh, <laughs> with, with your permission, sir. Mr. Tribble, you have the con. With that, then... I guess your five-minute freestyle starts right now. And literally, I had nothing prepared, and uh, I asked Dallin what he was really going down with in order to know what not to talk about, because there's there's stuff about the impeachment that I, <laughs> I, I had been thinking about. And I 
you guys know full well, I don't want to make the show about my goddamn country and the dumpster fire that it has become, but there is a piece that I think is really important to kind of keep track of, even though I may be kind of going into part of the stuff that you might end up going into, and, and my apologies if I end up doing that, there is a certain delicateness that comes from politics. We know for well that internal politics is always a, a messy thing, and personal politics is a, a pain in the ass to no end. But in this particular situation, there is a certain grace that I'm suddenly realizing that I don't know that anybody else has. The impeachment has happened, regardless of what anybody else has got to say. The vote happened. The vote is done. The impeachment happened. The the fact that the documents haven't gone over to the other side of the house is immaterial. It happened. Boom. Done. Put that asterisk right there in the in the logbook because that's where it deserves. But there's only two articles that are going across. And I think I figured out why. Instead of grabbing this 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 gargantuan brick this 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 brick of Gibraltar that could come down on his head right about now. There's only two. It's it's a BB gun by comparison to all the rest of the stuff that could have been brought out. But I think I figured out part of why it's happening this way. If the jury is supposed to be the other house, if it's supposed to be the Senate, and the jurors have already come out and said, I have already decided this case before the trial has actually started, that means, one, you have a tainted jury. Those jurors in any other, forgive me for keeping using the term jurisdiction, would be kicked out of the trial. Item two, if they've already stated they are already biased as far as how this trial is supposed to go, that means that they have abdicated their responsibility and their oath of office to properly adhere to the laws and the duties and the responsibilities of the positions that they have accepted. Item last, these, like I said, are pretty lowball charges compared to a whole bunch of other things that are possibly even more easily proven. If they say, we have sent those over to you and you held a kangaroo court where the person on trial effectively had control of the jury pool and the jurors and have twisted what is supposed to be a court of legal precedent and legal inquisition, for lack of a better way of putting it, what's to stop the guys from the house to go to the highest court and say these jurors have openly admitted that they are biased on the case, they voted with that bias en masse, we respectfully request that those jurors, otherwise known as senators, be removed from the jury pool on the basis of not being able to hold to their oath of office. And 
What's more, if that is the case and the court says, you know what? Yes, that is exactly the way that it should be. And being that that is an official part of their office, they should be removed from their position forthwith and a new replacement be assigned by the state governors. If this is what they're going for, this is a delicious piece where all you have to do is let the group that wants to be the group for law and order to go ahead and hang themselves with their own line of defense. Good luck with it all. Somehow I get the funny feeling there are going to be some emergency positions filled if that's the way that they're going to go with this. Okay, oh, sir. <laughs> and trust me, if 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 this actually plays out the way that I'd been thinking about it, uh yeah, this is going to prove to be uh an interesting dumpster fire that uh will prove to be quite entertaining for many people. I get the feeling there's going to be a lot of popcorn going to be consumed uh, during this whole process. Ain't that the case? Yeah. Many thanks for you. I will leave you to uh, the capable hands, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, get my butt on out of here proper now. All right. Well, don't expect that I'm going to do this again next week because bull- this is bullshit. No, I'll just write it for you. I'll just make you say it all. No, you know what? I'm just going to say right now, I will not be available next week. Yeah, yes. next week, um, depending on what goes on, I'm going to. Uh, I'll do my own thing. I'll, I'll get something put together, and it'll be a much happier show. I can guarantee you that because we'll still be coming down off the Christmas hangover. We'll have a brand new year to look forward to, and let's just try to start it on a relatively positive note. So yeah, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's who knows? Maybe next, maybe next week it'll be a, a post gravness show again. Cause you know, <clears throat> so, all right. Thank you guys. You have a, a good rest of the night and, um, you too. Yeah, thank you. Shane. I'm, 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 I'm trying. Yeah. Do yeah. You do what you got to do. Okay. You take care. That's what it will. See you in the new year, buddy. Till then guys. Thank right. you. Good night. Good night. Okay. Uh, honestly, how, how do you, how do you compete with something like that? <laughs> Although he actually did, um, he did kind of go down one road that I was thinking of going down. Um, cause there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the consequences of the impeachment, you know, yes, he has, this has happened. He's been officially impeached, but what does that really mean at this point? It just means that the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, can now deliver what they're calling the Articles of Impeachment. Uh, apparently there's two of them. I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but they'll be delivered to the Senate, at which point the Senate will... I Now, I'm coming at this a little naively here, but are they 
obligated to actually begin a trial over this or do they still have some discretionary power over this? I think they still have to have a trial, but um, they're also waiting to see if any more articles will need to be added because, you know, the, the dude won't shut up and he keeps obstructing. Yeah. So the short version is, um, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, people. So don't hoist me up on my petard. <laughs> but the um, if I'm accused of something, I have a right to a day in court. Um, so what the House does is they look at everything and they come to the determination of whether or not to prosecute, basically. I'm really dumbing this shit down. And if they find enough to go forward, then it gets tossed off to the Senate. And the Senate decides whether they stay or go. Yep. Um, now, with the Senate in favor of the Republican Party and two very prominent members of the Republican Party saying, we're going to side with the White House no matter what. Uh, most there's a lot of people clamoring for, well, wait a minute, isn't that like, sh shouldn't there be a new jury or whatever? The problem is, is we're talking about presidency, we're talking about the the executive branch and all the other ones that are involved in this. There are no replacements. You can't just go out and find a new jury. So, but they should recuse themselves though. Right. So the House is trying to ensure that they have every single duck lined up in a row. And any ducks that wandered off, they bring them back. And the Senate is saying, look, we're not going forward unless we actually have a fair hearing for the president. So the Republicans don't want a fair hearing. They want it. They want it quick. They don't want any witnesses to testify. They don't want any of these things. They just want it so that they know that there'll be nothing there to really blindside or knock the president off his uh, golden throne, as it were. And um, you have the Democratic side of the Senate going, yeah, no, we're going to do this fair and square. We're going to we're going to line this up. So no matter how many times Trump says, I want to I, I, I want my day in court. I want it now. I, you know. Yeah, there is such a thing as getting a prompt hearing, you know, not having it drag out. But the problem isn't the president getting uh, at this point. The problem is what's going on in the Senate that's holding everything up. Because unless Mitch McConnell and the rest of them all say that, yes, witnesses will be allowed. Yes, this will be allowed. Yes, this will be allowed. They, they have to put basically the program you know, of, of events, that how everything's going to occur on paper. And the stuff that they put on there for when they impeached, you know, when they went after uh, Clinton and when they went after Nixon and so on and so forth, all those things, those things aren't on there. So the fairness factor is gone. It's be, it's basically being rigged. And so Pelosi's not turning anything over until that scale is balanced again. Yeah. Okay. 
No, that, that's that's good. Um, and actually, again, that is really dumbed down. I'm missing a lot of key points, a lot of gr- fine fine points, and who's really doing what, uh, or you know, who's adding to the mess and everything else. That's a lot of that missing. Yeah, we'd, we'd be best if we had uh, somebody who is much more political savvy um, at the moment, but we don't. We're making do with what we got. Yeah, and this uh, the whole idea for this was a bit of a, a snap decision on my part. Um, you know, just largely because it was in the news, and I thought maybe we'd all have sort of our two cents on it. Because I've been hearing a lot from you know sort of both sides on this whole thing in terms of what it means. Now we've had people like um, oh god, who was it? Uh, Rashida Tlaib. Um, I think that's who it was. I think that's the one who it was who, you know, she put out something on Instagram that, you know, all smiles and everything that, you know, yes, we finally got them. And a lot of people are celebrating as if this means that Trump is on his, is already on his way out the door and that, you know, they're, they're lining up to go after Pence next. Cause I mean, let's face it. If, uh, <laughs> they're just going to, if that was the case, if, if Trump was on his way out now, then people, you know, they'd be getting ready to line up the next one, you know, which would be Pence. And then after that, well, I guess now that what's his nuts, the, the speaker, Paul Ryan, that was him. Yeah. Yeah. Now that he's not there anymore and now it's Pelosi, uh, really if Pence was the next one to step up, they would just have to, you know, impeach him. And then Pelosi would become president. And because she is on the so-called proper party, then everything would be fine. You know, and that's what a lot of people are saying, but that's not really the case. Right now, Trump is still president. He is facing a, a trial down the road because of the fact that he's now been impeached. But, you know, th- th- this is far from over. And I think a lot of people just don't quite understand that. Yeah, it is far from over because what the house basically, what the house's job is to do is to look at everything and go, yes, this person, this person holding the presidential office broke the rules and it's of a level that they must be impeached. Um, Then they take that. Once they've come to that conclusion that the law has been broken, okay, that gets forward over the Senate and the Senate decides judgment. Do they agree with the House? Yes or no. And if they agree with the House, what's the punishment? So it's basically like having two jurors tag teaming a case and juror number two doesn't get to go, doesn't get to say anything unless juror number one says, yeah, I, f- I think that person's guilty of sin because here's why then juror two, number two gets to uh, uh, jump in. But in this case, it's not, I think they're guilty of sin. This is, these are what the laws state. This is the action that was taken. This is where it broke the law. It's not the same as just going to your regular day in court where you've been randomly accused of something and there might be evidence for it, or you might be going on a whole lot of witness testimony. Um, it's bigger than that. 
because we're talking about removing a president from potentially moving a president from office. You don't want these sorts of cases to just be open and shut in and out overnight kind of stuff. You really need to make sure every little T is crossed and I is dotted. Well, and that's kind of purely understandable. I mean, you're looking, and that's why it takes so. That's why it takes so long too. <clears throat> yeah, you know, because there's different standards for somebody holding presidential office versus somebody who's working, you know, uh, at Burger King and stepping on lettuce. Exactly. Because, you know that happened. Um, it, it's uh, trying to rush the process is a very bad idea, and then trying to push it into the Senate when the Senate has not put everything in black and white as to, you know, making sure the scales are balanced is a worse idea. Yeah. And it's, it's worse for the country, not for the president, mm-hmm. not for the person sitting in the seat who's abused their authority for them. It'd be good to rush it into the Senate right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where like, of course I've been hearing a bit from McConnell too, about, you know, how, there, there isn't going to be a fair trial. There isn't, you know, they're going to stand by the White House no matter what. And they're going to deny everything and blah, 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 blah. And that's why they don't want witnesses there. Right. If they have no witnesses that are allowed to show up, witnesses to the crime, mm-hmm. then what they can say is, well, there's no witnesses here. So it's just you against us. So it's, you know, hearsay. Bye-bye. The president's innocent. Yeah. So the big question comes up is, is there a watchdog? for the Senate that can say, Hey, you're stacking the deck here. You can't do that. See, I don't think our forefathers for our, from, for the USA here, when they were trying to, uh, figure out how everything should work. And mind you, these are men who realized they were fallible and they were trying to make a system of government that could regulate itself. (laughs) Any government regulating itself is funny. Um, but have checks and balances in place so that it couldn't get too, um, too abused. I don't think they ever truly thought that it would get to the point where it is in the United States, where you have a single party that's controlling part of the checks and balance system, a majority control of that system. And, you know, it's, we just don't have a contingency for that. So the only thing the Democrats can do really is just make sure that they have everything to the point of where no matter how many times the Republicans go, oh yeah, you know, that's not good enough. The Democrats can come back and go, yeah, it is good enough because here it is plain as day, black and white. Here's the witness testimony to back it up. Here's the witnesses themselves to testify Here's this, here's that, here's that. Mm-hmm. And if the Republicans have their way and they allow a lot of that to not be presented, um, then nothing's going to happen. And frankly, I'm jaded right now. I don't think, despite witness testimony, I honestly don't think the Senate will vote to have him removed from office. I really I don't. don't. Think so either. I think he. I think everything has destroyed his chance at getting a second presidency, a second term. 
because I don't think the Republicans themselves, especially now that he's publicly losing the backing of the evangelical group, I yeah. think they're going to I think they're going to push Pence they're going to push at him to step down. They're going to take him aside. They're going to stroke his back of his hand and go, look, Billy, you've got to step down now, okay? You're not running for another term. You just step to the side. Let Mr. Uncle Pence take over. It's going to be okay. Because, I mean, let's face it. The guy's just a big, overgrown baby. Yeah, and that, you know what? Honestly, that's something I hadn't thought of. Um this man has never, ever oh, gone to jail. No, no, no. And I, I get that. And I mean, look, I am, I'm no fan of Trump at all. You know, I, I do get a little critical sometimes of a lot of the uh, left rhetoric because they seem to be trotting out a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of flash, but not a lot of substance behind a lot of it from what, just from what I see. But that doesn't mean that I am definitely a, a Trump supporter or, you know, I don't have a MAGA hat, which is, would be weird since I'm Canadian. But I honestly didn't th- – I was still under the impression that uh, the Republicans would still grudgingly admit that, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's about all we got. Because honestly, the, the – okay, to be honest, I think the only way Pence could make it into the presidency – is strictly by the momentum that has been gathered so far. And the fact that I've said this many, many times, uh, the Democrats have poured so much into anti-Trump rhetoric and orange man bad that I have not seen a platform yet from these people that would be something uh, a sane person would vote on. You know, like healthcare for all sounds good. Do you have the financial base for it? You know, are you going to, are you ready to cut? Well, is America ready to cut the military spending, you know, to push that extra three or 400 billion into your healthcare system to help those people? Um, or the, the free colleges for all. I think it was one of the one that Sanders has been talking a lot about. What about that one? Where, uh, where's the money going to come from that? So, I mean, it all sounds good, but I, they just don't feel very thought through. You know, that, that, that's where I'm coming from on this. Cutting military budget would definitely help with that. I agree. You know, I so bloated, and we keep adding more to it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, funny thing though, um, because my job does deal with the American healthcare system right now, like this, particularly Medicaid and Medicare. You know, I found out I think it was last year, the federal budget for Medicaid and Medicare was one point three trillion dollars, and and I I, I can see why. I'm not saying I support the the rhetoric behind cutting that, but I can see why an accountant would look at that and go, that's a lot of money that, you know, theoretically we could put elsewhere. Where else are you going to put it? Like is not healthcare, like one of those base things that you really should be dealing with that in education. 
I mean, but the, people do pay into Medicare like, you know, all their lives mm-hmm. as long as they're working. And yep. it still has a premium that you have to pay monthly when you get it. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't really be fair to cut mm-hmm. that. No. And okay. So Medicare, you pay into Medicaid. Is that the one that for people who are on hard times, I, I, I keep yeah. mixing the two up. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cause we deal with, uh, I deal with people who work, you know, with, with both of them as funding sources. Um, I got a real education on that, all that stuff. Um, not too long ago when I, when I shifted into the, the more medical field of my job. So it was, it was an eye opener as to how much money is into it, but you know, also how many people are served, um, you know, the, and the things that they, they're able to do as a result of it, I think is awesome. But again, sort of circling back, the plans and everything I've seen, they, they sound great, but I don't know. Do you think it'll be enough to, to get the voters to like, if it happens, if Trump is told to step down and they do put up Mike Pence for 2020, do you think the Democrats have somebody that could take, that could knock him out? No. We don't have anybody that. Right now, Trump's a cult of personality, and mm-hmm. I say cult in every sense of the word. Yep. And the only way to get Trump gone is if the Republican Party decides to make him go. It won't be the Democrats that get him gone. It will be the Republicans. And it's sad. The old guard, as they used to call themselves, are no longer there. They allowed themselves to be walked all over and pushed aside by various cults of personality. And so the Republicans that I had respect for, even though I may have disagreed with some things, I had respect for them, are gone. Mm -hmm. And now we have a clown house is what we have. And as far as the Democratic side of things go, well, we've got plenty in there that want to get things done, know how to get things done, and are willing to get things done. We have a few in there that are basically social justice warriors. Um, So they bring a lot of that kind of stuff with them. But they have their own problems. Uh, when When you're too far on either side of the line, you're creating problems. End of story. You got to find a middle ground. And when you're yelling, screaming, and demanding that your side is the only way to go, you're part of the problem. And right now, both sides are part of the problem. Thank you. I uh, know I've been, that's been one of the things I've really been pushing is the fact that you need a moderate. You need somebody who can ride that line between the two sides to appeal to everybody. Because really, that's, that, that's what's needed. You've got this past, this presidency has been polarizing, to say the least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's, not just, saying, it's not saying much, but you, you get what I mean. It's been, 
I remember being actually, uh, Bridget, I was in Indiana, um, a couple of years ago and the people I was staying with, one of the people who lived there was black and she had gone out that night to go fill up her car and apparently ran into two specimens. I'm trying to be nice here since, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the power of 10 show was last week and I do apologize for missing that. Um, but they were talking about how Trump was going to make America white again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we've There's talked. There's a lot of racists here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the trouble is they've been emboldened mm-hmm. by the fact that, you know, they've got a guy who allegedly speaks to their, to their base in office right now. You know, and yeah. for me, the way I always looked at it is that it, it's not that the racism has started because of him. It was, it had been covered up. It had been a, a nasty scab on that part of American culture that had been torn off and it just revealed the festering wound that was underneath. It, it, it's not that racism was being, had been cured or was being treated up to that point. It's just that it was nicely ignored in the hopes that eventually it would go away and it didn't. It was racism was depending on where you looked in the U.S. It was silent. Yeah. Um, growing up, because half my family was Jewish, my other half was Catholic. You know, during uh, Hanukkah, we'd have the menorah in the window, so it was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, who on the block was the Jew? <laughs> and there was a lot of silent hatred. Yeah. There was a lot of little snubs, things like that, but it never got violent. Um, it was never, you know, bricks through the windows or things like that that other people in the United States did do experience long before Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my part of the town, it was dirty looks, upturned nose, not talking to you, almost borderline shunning but not quite that bad because, you know, they couldn't truly shun you because they had to prove that they were better than you. So, but if Trump had been in power and authority back then, I can guarantee you that it would have been worse. Mm -hmm. So seeing this stuff, they've just, whenever, whatever politicians currently in power and how they are behaving is how, whatever demographic identifies with that politician is going to behave. Well, they feel like now it's quote unquote acceptable, you know, to act out like that. Well, yeah, because right, made it it. acceptable. Well, no, yeah, it's the president can do it. Why can't they? Well, yeah. And it's, and that was how Trump got elected is, you know, he, he played the game. He, he pandered to, well, I think he basically, he pandered to whoever would vote for him. And, you know, anger is a great way to motivate people. So why not go out there and say, hey, I'm one of you guys. I'm a redneck. I'm this. I'm that. You know, nobody does racism better than me. I know he never said that, but kind of follows the trend of every, you know, nobody was, Mm -hmm. nobody was better at anything than him. There's like, there's a ton of montages on YouTube about all of that. But his life has actually supported that mentality for him. He came from privilege, and I don't mean privilege of 
being living in a neighborhood where you're only getting slightly shunned versus not getting shunned versus not getting the brick through the window. I mean, privileged in that for him, a small loan is a million dollars, never having to pay it back or taxes on it or whatever the case might be for him having his own golf course, having businesses, but it also goes beyond that. For example, if one of his businesses, and there have been multiple businesses in the past mm-hmm. that he's owned that have done wrong things, that have broken laws or broken contracts, things like that, rather than Trump getting in trouble for it, he finds somebody to take the fall, and that person takes the fall. He blames it on them. You know, blames it on the company. The company goes bankrupt. But because of the way we have in this country our tax laws, the company that's going bankrupt takes the negative negative credit hit. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He's protected. So he has been sheltered and protected, and basically everything that he's done wrong has been reinforced by him not taking punishment for it. Like yeah. a regular person who is not protected by millions of dollars in family money would end up paying the pun- penalty for. Yeah. And so because of that, when he says, when he, I'm best at this, he truly believes that. He is, his narcissism was reinforced at birth. Yeah. Uh, what was it they used to call, uh, John Gotti, the Teflon Don? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that almost Nothing fits. Sucked on. Yeah. That almost kind of fits with, uh, with this particular Don, uh, you know, he's the Teflon Donald. Like you said, the world that he created could come crashing down around him, but because, you know, all, all he, it's just his and name only he's not going to be held accountable. But in this case, you know, this was his name behind a lot of the stuff that's going on. And if, if it all does come to pass, it's not that uh, he's got no one else to blame. If, if, if the proof, the Democrats were going after him. Well, yeah. But I mean, if they, if they do find evidence, if they, if they do find that theoretical smoking gun, that implicates him in, you know, whatever it is they're going after him for. He's got nothing to fall back on. That's why he's flipping out right now. See, the thing is, is that you've got the house who have point blank said, yeah, you're guilty of sin. And here's the documentation. Here's the testimony. Here's everything else to do it. Mm -hmm. And they found him guilty of it, uh, of, uh, Oh crap! Uh, the words, my my brain just blanked. Um, uh, obstruction. Oh, and and a few other things. Yeah. Um, and but, abusing his office. Let me. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll just we'll we'll keep it short and sweet. He, he, they found him abusing his authority in office, and he is losing his mind because that's never happened to him before. He's never had people come up and go. We've got documented proof and witness testimony that you are wrong. And that is something he's never been told. Everybody's been that, that, you know, boardrooms and things like that. They've always advised him, advised him to not do something or advised him to do something. And when he's done the opposite, 
he came back and blamed them. Oh, well, you didn't explain it great enough that convinced me otherwise. So therefore, it's your fault. It's not my fault. I was right. You were wrong. And that's been his whole bu- his whole business life. That is the man that we that mo- the majority of the country, or at least yeah. enough people with certain kinds of votes and the freaking electoral college and all the other shit that went along with it got him in the office this is a man who does not see himself as somebody who makes mistakes or is ever wrong he's narcissism incarnate yeah i just found a um a website, uh, judiciary.house.gov. I've actually, I've got the link that I'll put in the show notes afterwards, but it is the actual, um, it is the articles of impeachment. Like the, this is like a PDF. And the, so the first article is abuse of power, which is, and the second one is obstruction of Congress. That's what I was mm-hmm. looking for. Obstruction. I was going to say obstruction of justice, but no, that's something different. But those are the two things that they're trying to hang him on, figuratively speaking. Although I think some people would like it literally speaking, but again, we don't condone violence here on this show much. Uh, <laughs> no, it's um, I would I would be very interested. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next year because next year is, of course, the election year. You know, you're one way or the other, there's a presidential election going on. I don't think they're going to be able to postpone it. Uh, at least I hope not. Like, could a, could a trial do that? Could a trial actually delay the federal election? I don't think so. No, it's... It, Again, well, I don't think so. We've had people elected from jail before, not for president, but for other offices. Yeah. Um, the only reason I ask is because there is an angle, and, and Bridget and I were talking about this before the show, uh, Tech. I, I think you might find this interesting. Call this a little bit of tinfoil hattery here. The Democratic leadership race, which ultimately decides who's going to be the the candidate for president, has been nothing short of a feeding frenzy. You'd agree with mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, it is in every sense of the word. Oh yeah. I mean, and I've said, I've said on occasion, you know, whoever finally does become the leader of the democratic party, they're going to have their work cut out for and just trying to get the party reunited in time for the election. Like it, it, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle because there's so many, as you said, cults of personality in that group. One of the speculations that I've heard about why the articles have not been submitted to the Senate yet is because they're waiting for, now I heard the term Super Tuesday, but that's not until late next year, isn't it? Any idea? Uh, let's, let, me, let me find out. Is it February or March? Oh, Tuesday, March 3rd. Uh, yeah, the United States presidential primary season. Uh, let's see. 
Yeah. So that, yeah. Super Tuesday is when they do the big primary. So that's going to be the big push. Now there's been some speculation that, uh, Pelosi's waiting because when those articles are submitted, there are four democratic senators, including I think, uh, Biden, Sanders, uh, Warren, and another one I can't remember who would then have to be focused on the impeachment process and they wouldn't be able to campaign. So it's a way the, the, the tinfoil hat thing says it's a way of actually knocking out three potential contenders for the leadership so that this whole thing, they know they're probably going to lose the, the whole impeachment thing. But at least in this way, they'll get rid of three potential competitors for the leadership of the Democratic Party. Sounds a little far-fetched, do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly, I, I mean, if the, if the goal by the politicians was to get the general public so confused that we couldn't keep up, I'm really confused at this point. You're not the only one. I mean, there are so many ways to, to look at this and it's it, even up North here. It, it's hard to figure out who to, who to listen to, who to, who to believe. Like what is truth these days for this stuff? Well, I don't, I don't believe Trump as far as I could throw him. I, yeah. I, I grew up in New York. New York is very familiar with Trump. I, mm -hmm. I remember reading old newsprint with Trump on it. Okay. I don't trust the guy. I, I, I would never trust the guy. I would never work for the guy. I just can't. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy's insane. <laughs> um, there's something wrong and it's the narcissism is so strong in that man. Well, it's not some, that. Yeah. He has no empathy for anyone, not, you know, well, he might for Ivanka. That would be the only person. And I don't even know that he does for her. Um, yeah. And his wife, I mean, if you watch the video, certain videos of his wife, she's got battered wife syndrome. Yeah. It, it's... For somebody who has seen it or been on the receiving end of spousal abuse, survivor here, um, it's creepy to see it. And it's also sad to see it. Yeah. And that's who's in office. Somebody who is very abusive, very sociopathic, very narcissistic. Um and everybody around him is harmed by him. You, you got to stay away. This, this is not, this guy's got to go. I hesitate to say that anybody that replaces him would be better because there's just some things he hasn't done only given only because he's not, no, he doesn't know how to play the political game perfectly or as well as many other experienced politicians do, like say Pence, for example. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. If we kick him out, we've got Pence to deal with. <laughs> and Pence, Pence isn't, 
narcissistic like uh trump is pence is calculating yeah uh he's more intelligent i will give pence this pence is a very intelligent man okay i will not underestimate his intelligence he is misogynistic extremely so um I'm not sure if it's because of his his faith in his religion, or if his faith in his religion just kind of buttress, you know, lifts up the misogynistic tendencies that already exist. I don't know which case it is. I don't know the guy that well, but I do know that he is for all for taking away women's rights. He is all for punishing women for having sex. He is all for those things. And Trump isn't hasn't really been really been going down that road pence on the other hand could march down that road and make changes and and do it on the sly and have everybody blindsided and completely unaware as he gets away with murder trump is so boisterous and boastful of the things that he does is it kind of helps in a little bit giving some of the other people's trying to counteract his actions yeah Pence, on the other hand, is cold, calculating, and that guy creeps me the fuck out. And I and I think about um, honestly, I think about the first Mortal Kombat movie when I think of those two. <laughs> okay, you, that's not fair. No, you laugh. You laugh. Yeah, but, I laughed, but I was drinking coffee. That hurts. Okay, that that's your fault for your bad timing. I have no sympathy for that. But no, think about this. And. And I was kind of touching on this again with, with Bridget earlier uh, before the show started, you know, when we were just doing the preamble, <clears throat> et cetera. If you think about um, Trump as, let's say, Shang Tsung, you know, he was the original bad guy, the original front man. And if you remember the movie, you know, he was, he was the, the object to beat. And at the end, they beat him. And the last scene of the movie, Shao Kahn reveals himself as the mastermind behind all of it. And I think a lot of Pence, of Trump and Pence kind of the same way is that, okay, if they get Trump, they are releasing, in my opinion, a worse evil than anything Trump's done. I mean, yeah, Trump's been, he's done a lot of stuff and he's broken a lot of rules and he's, you know, been, like you said, boisterous, narcissistic, um, I've called him a blow. Yeah. I have called him a bloviating blowhard more than once in blog entries. I think there's points for alliteration for that, but a guy like Pence who, who is politics, he, you know, he was a governor, <clears throat> but he's also a creationist. He's also one of those teach the controversy type people. He's done stuff in Indiana that Bridget has talked about on many an occasion on this show. A man like him in the Oval Office is something that I think is truly terrifying. And even if it's just for one term, you know, look, look at everything Trump was able to do in one term. You know, how, how many executive yeah. orders did he actually get away with? And if the Republicans like Pence more than they do Trump, what are they going to let him get away with? And 
like you said, he knows politics. He would know enough that he could do all of this stuff and not risk any kind of impeachment. You know, especially, you know, if you look at the, um, you know, what, what did Clinton get uh, impeached for? I believe there was a cigar and a blue dress involved. Lying under oath. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Mikey is not that stupid. For, for doing something like I, I don't think he would ever get caught in something like that. Well, that's the thing. Um, I, Mike, Mike Pence isn't really that stupid at all. Um, he's very aware of the Me Too movement. He's very aware of where men stand in society today in terms of whether or not the accusation made against them has evidence or not. It is career ending. Yep. So... Partly, I, I think it's partly because of the awareness of that, and then he uses his faith as the cover, and he will—he uh, has turned down interviews where the interviewer was a woman, mm-hmm. um, because he refuses to be alone in any room with a woman unless that woman is his wife. And as a, a, a white cis male whose opinion doesn't seem to matter for most, um, just the angry ones of the movement, I should say. Um, You know, I don't want to be in a room alone with any women at all, ever. I I, I just, the women that I, the majority of the women that I work with, those I trust. There's a few that I would never want to be in a room alone with because I don't know them that well. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard the way they speak to other people. So, it, and me being the jokester and clown that I am, it would only take one thing out of their mouth to say, oh, yeah, you know, he, he did this or he did that. And we weren't alone. There was no cameras, no nothing. And boom, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the other women that I work with, they know me very well. And they would have my back 110%. Yeah. Because we've actually talked about some of the stuff that we've seen on the news. And I said, I'm just glad you guys are ladies are on my side because, you know, one of you say something and my, my life is screwed. My, you know, I'll lose custody of my son and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and they said, uh, uh, no, we got your back. And I was like, so, you know, it's nice knowing something like that, but somebody like Pence, he wouldn't even take the chance. He's got too much to lose. Mm Mm-hmm. And he knows how to keep it. And I think uh, any opposition to him would have a hard time trying to spin that. I mean, I think they tried once, but it kind of didn't really, it it didn't flow. The only thing it did was make the evangelicals happy with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, here's a good Christian man. He's not engaging in fornication with other women. He's faithful to his wife. You know, he, he doesn't put himself in situations. Oh, look, there's no scandal about this man. I, I still think it's two-faced of them because oh. that same group was supporting Trump after he was saying, grab him by the pussy. Yeah. He was like, oh, well, it was locker room talk. It was like, yeah, exactly. You're an asshole. Exactly. That's, that's the thing is that there, there's so much of that, um, that overt hypocrisy on the part of the evangelicals. Yeah. But, and when they, and when they, and when that big news headline came out that the evangelical Christian magazine says Trump's got to go. I'm going, oh, so they figured out that his second term may not be 100% given. So they want him gone so they can get Pence in there now. Yeah. And I, by the way, uh, Stephanie did make mention of that. I did put it in. I I do have the, the running tally of the show notes running. I got it on notepad this time. 
so that, you know, when I do, uh, when we're done here and I'm off the call and I go, oh crap, I forgot to copy all the links. Now I got them this time. I'm good. <laughs> um, but you know, I wanted to segue a little bit cause okay. We, we've, uh, we spent about an hour talking about, um, the Donald and all of this wonderful stuff and tech, you posted one hell of an article, uh, in our discord chat, uh, just before the show. And it was actually one that I relayed last night on, uh, TFC's WTF news. Oh, wow. Sorry. I wasn't listening. So I, I, I wasn't, uh, oh, no, no, to take it, it away from you. No, 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 no. That, that's fine. Um, it just means that, you know, like a couple of guys on that, on, in that place, uh, I think you and I think alike a little bit. Well, I saw this and it really bothered the hell out of me. This came across my news feed. And I don't try to keep my newsfeed an echo chamber. So I try to watch all the other stuff. But when this thing popped up on there, my eyes saw the headline and went, okay, this has got to be clickbait. And then I read it. I'm going, oh, my fucking deity. Yep. So do you want to uh, I'm actually, honors? I'm just going to try to – actually, could you do me a favor and uh, post the link in our chat in the Discord for me? Not, not in the um, – I know you've got it in the HGTV chat, but if I if I flip off that, that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I'm on <laughs> – no, because I'm going to play with the format hmm. because I can. So, so when I was reading this, it, it I, I literally had to sit down and read this. Uh, when I was, I, I literally had to sit down when I started reading this. Yeah. So out in California, where there seems to be a lot of mega churches, and for people who are not aware of what a mega church is, imagine your regular church where you have your pews, you have the person standing up at the podium with the religious symbols, doing the religious words, doing the religious actions. Everybody's in their Sunday best, meaning a suit and tie for the guys for the women a dress for the children dolled up as mimicries of their adults. Um, and of course, depending on which denomination you might take that more to a more extreme, or you might be coming up in jeans and a button down shirt. Also uh, depends on demographics, you know? So that, that would be your rough average church. A mega church is a superstructure of a church that more than likely has a anywhere from 60 to 90 inch wall size TV where uh, people might watch the football game right there at the church after services while they have lots of food lined up. There are mega churches that have a hall that have side passages with video games for the kids. It basically becomes this whole gathering nerve center where you brainwash the masses and then you give them food and you give them entertainment. And so they want to come there's uh, to show up. Uh, there's more music. They have big speakers. I mean, these things are freaking expensive. You could house homeless for years with the money that go into mega churches. Yeah. Now the article you uh, posted, that's the one that I've got up here on the screen from, from Newsweek. Um, I don't think I can scroll on it though, unfortunately. Um, but in any case, basically, uh, for those of you that are listening on the audio version of this show, 
from Newsweek, Mega Church is trying to raise a baby from the dead through prayer and songs while raising funds for her family. Now, that's, there's a little bit of context on that one when it comes to the whole family thing, because the, the, the article that I read last night uh, had nothing to do with, with family. Uh, it had more to do with um, the whole $100,000 thing. Uh, so the place that, um, the ones that are doing this, uh, give me a second here. So it is called, um, oh, it's just the Bethel mega church. And so this church is soliciting, uh, prayers and a hundred thousand dollars in donations on behalf of the two members who are holding out hope that Jesus will resurrect their recently deceased toddler. Now, here's the thing. This megachurch is currently in the middle of building a $96 million campus in Redding, California. Which begs the question, why the hell do they need another $100,000? Is it because the $100,000 there is like infused with the right prayer mana or some shit? You know, they, it sounds to me like they've got enough money to help take care of this family, or at least they have access to that kind of funds, especially if they're like, again, a hundred, almost a hundred million dollars for a new campus. You tell me you can't flip a little pittance to your congregation who just happened to be in an extreme case of mourning at this point, especially when you're saying that you're going to pray to have a child resurrected. By the way, I found the GoFundMe page. Uh, they're already, they've already broken $60,000. And this actually dovetails into the other comment I had about the, the whole article. It's not the church that I worry about and it's not the people like, it's not these two grieving, uh, parents who I'm, I'm worried about. It's the people who contributed that $60,000 to the GoFundMe. Now I'm reading the GoFundMe. And it says, we don't want the parents to have any concerns over finances throughout this situation, nor do we want to limit the generosity of those who want to support the family. GoFundMe requires a goal. However, any amount for the family will be a blessing to them. All funds will go directly to the blank family. No, mm -hmm. I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, either could I. So <laughs> it, we have seen, we have a, there is a history of somebody starting a GoFundMe. And saying it's for somebody, you know, the homeless or whatever the case might be. And then they embezzle the money. Yeah. They take the money and they do whatever they want with it. Um, unfortunately, with the way GoFundMe works, it's very easy to do that and not have to create accountability logs and all sorts of stuff. There's no transparency. They can get away with it without any transparency. Mm -hmm. um, and it would be very, I could see it being very easy for the church to go to the family and go, look, we raised a hundred thousand dollars, but due to uh, lawyers fees and accounting's fees and everything else, you're only going to get half that. And the other half is going to go to all those people at the church. Yeah. Um, part of me calls that bullshit. Yeah. Um, 
the other part of me goes, okay, what's their fees? You know, let's see the let's see the numbers here. Let's show some transparency. You're billing. What's the average fee that this attorney is paid? How much are they actually getting paid? What did they do for it? What are they billing for? Okay, how about the accounting person? What do they normally get paid an hour? Mm-hmm. And you know, why is this getting extra money? And 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 I want to call it out. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going to happen because we're, right now what we're seeing is we're seeing a GoFundMe page. It's stating a that this money's all going to go to this family, and here's the amount that it's raised so far for that family. Now, if that amount, whatever is raised, all goes to that family to help them pay their bills, fine. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. They more than likely have bills piled up from a deceased child. Um, because I'm sorry, or, or be, be not sorry. Um, because I have not heard of anybody getting free burial service, whether that's cremation or whole casket or whatever. So the people might not have the best of, uh, life ac- accidental death and dismemberment or any kind of life insurance or anything like that, that covers that child. So that means that they're paying completely out of pocket for everything that's involved when a loved one dies. And for that, I have the utmost sympathy and empathy. And if they get the entire amount and it helps them with those bills, I'm all for it. But this whole resurrection effort, that's the part that I found appalling. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I had to sit down and go, you you people should be absolutely ashamed of yourselves. You should no longer be allowed to work at a church. Um, you, honestly, I think society should shun you for telling a grieving couple who just lost an infant child uh, or well, toddler, um, that, Oh, if we pray enough, that child will come back to life. You're a horrible human being. You really are. I got nothing else that that's it's you are a horrible human being. Yeah, that's, I don't care how much you believe what you're saying to be true. You're horrible. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's stuff like that. And, and again, this actually does dovetail onto the overall theme of the show because more stuff like that is what I worry about. If someone like Pence gets in, gets into power, uh, uh, gets into any amount of power where, you know, things like conversion therapy, things like teaching the controversy to, to borrow a, a phrase from, you know, Ken, Ken Hambone, um, where, where things like evolution is just a theory, you know, from Pence himself. You know, uh, look, someone who is of a conservative bend in office, if they're wanting to push an agenda of things like personal responsibility, of, you know, trying to build up the the character and morale of, of, you know, the American working class or whatever, I'm okay with that. You know, but when you bring in all of this extra baggage, things like I have to bring my religion with me because it's my spiritual service animal 
or I have to bring my old world fifties way of thinking because that's how I was growing up and it did me, it did me done a lot of good. So I can, it'll do done a lot of good to all the other people out there. You know, I voted for Nixon, you know, that, that kind of stuff. If you could drop that at the door and just, you know, you, you got a policies, you got plans to actually make things work without all the fricking complications. Fine. Don't bring all this personal belief BS into a forum and think you're going to sway 300 million people to thinking your way of, you know, because you think your way is the only way. The rest of the world is, a lot of the rest of the world is going to disagree with you on a lot of things, idealistically, religiously, philosophically. And a large subset of a lot of those cultures are sitting in America. They call it the melting pot for a reason. You know, and this might, and that whole thing happens on, on both ends of it. A guy like Pence, who's going to bring Christianity back to the white house or who sounds like he would, if given the chance he's going to do a lot of damage. And I really think if the, if they, if the Republicans go with what you're saying tech about pulling Donnie aside, stroking the back of his hand and telling him, you look, you're not running again. Honestly, I think they could do better. Could they get somebody fast enough? I don't know. I, I worry for you guys. I really do. <laughs> I guess I better, um, I, I guess I better not get rid of my couch anytime soon because someone might have to live there for a little bit, at least until yeah. I can get this office turned into a bedroom. <laughs> See, now one of the things I'm concerned with is I think they're going to try that. And I think they're going to fail. I think it's going to become a fight between the Republican party and Trump and I don't know. I, I'm not even going to speculate how I think that would turn out because I just don't know. But I do know what I do fear, though, is that it's going to do an ex more extreme polarization than anything we've seen before so far. Worse than what it's been so far. And more importantly, we're going to see a call to arms. Trump will rally the troops and we will see more violence than we've ever seen in this country in a very long time. <sighs> that is my fear is that when they try to get rid of him, he's going to make it that, that those people who are, you know, they've, they've got their rifles and they've got their guns and they've got their MAGA hats and, I'll be damned if anybody's going to take my gun, whether they're Republican or Democrat, and they're just going to start spraying and praying. God, you know, I know it's a fear that is not validated by any data. It's based off of what we've seen, what we know of Trump, and it's speculation of one potential pathway. 
but it's the one that I fear the most. Well, I don't think he would leave willingly myself. And he's already joked about being president for life. There are people polled that said they would be happy with him being president for life. They wouldn't mind if we had him as a dictator. That scares me. That scares me too. And you know, what is wrong with these people? If if he is divorced of the Republicans, based on that, based on his personality and and everything else, uh, he could theoretically become one of the most potent and potential independent parties. You know, he could call himself the MAGA party. Or, you know, the Red Hat Party or something. No, that, no I think Linux would, no. would have something to do with that. Linux R- R- would definitely have something to do with that. <laughs> but, you know, if he does have that kind of uh, charisma and if he could get that kind of a following, uh, he could, I guess, theoretically run as an independent, you know, in, in the next race. And he could possibly take it. it, it you know, it, Again, we're really we're really playing a lot of hypotheticals here. I mean, right now the guy is still the Republican leader. He's still the president. We don't know where impeachment is going to go from here. He's not going to be convicted. And I think that is a very sad reality is that we might have to we might have to listen to this guy uh for another 4 years at this point. Yeah. But I stress you know, when we, when we start doing the show around November in 2020, you know, the, the show after November 16th, whenever that's going to be, I'm pretty sure we're going to, we're going to be back here again and I'm going to be saying, okay, guys, you've got until 2022, get on it this time, you know, dump these special interest people, dump the ones that are just going to sit there and screech and crow about how much of an istophobe this guy is get your policies together and beat this guy at his own freaking game no it's not a matter of beating him in his own game it's a matter of taking him out of the game and making sure the game itself is played properly point however if he's elected next time if he's elected in 2020 that's it for him he's got till 2024 and then he's out so the question comes up is if he's on his way out, who are you going to replace him with? Cause the fact you can say, Hey, you know what? I can say what I want because the Republicans don't have anybody. So I can just slide on in there and just keep talking about how bad the orange man is. I won't have to get anything done because orange man, bad. No, I'm just afraid that he won't leave after 2024. Well, unless the entire government got together and rewrote, um, everything so that a president could stay indefinitely. Um, which no, neither side. I would. I. I. I, well. I don't think that either the Republicans or Democrats would allow that to happen. Um, I think that would have to be universal. Uh, you know, unanimous. Sorry, not universal. It would. I think that to get that to happen would require something unanimously, and that's not going to happen. No, but if he has the military backing him, he could pull a clue. I don't think he has enough military. 
at, at, at least as far as where I work, there were when Trump came into power, there were a lot of people that I work with who were pro-Trump. There's a lot of those pro-Trumpers that I work with who are no longer pro-Trumpers. Um, I have heard people in much higher positions talk about things. And if you are listening to somebody in a military position, say something. You also have to listen to how they're not saying something so that you can read between the lines. And what I'm not hearing is good things um, that don't make me fear that our military is suddenly just going to up and back Trump. At least not with the takeover of our own country. Yeah. Um, Another country, I don't know. <laughs> doing a little bit of uh, background on, on the side here. So term limits is actually the 22nd Amendment of the United States Constitution. So that's, that's where that was instated. Um, the authority to amend uh, the Constitution requires, um, let's see. Uh, how does this go? I think it's 38 states. Yeah, it provides, uh, it proposed either by the Congress, uh, an amendment may be proposed either by Congress with a two-thirds majority vote in both the House of Representatives and the Senate, or by a constitutional convention called for by two-thirds of the state legislatures. So... To pull it off legally, uh, Trump would need, well, anybody, any government that wants to do this would need a metric crap ton of support. So, yeah, and I mean, try to get two-thirds of the, try to get two-thirds of America to say, to agree on anything these days. I dare you. Except maybe, you know, who's supposed to win Survivor next season. <laughs> um, yeah, and I see. I don't uh, watch those shows for a yeah, reason. And I see a TDTF uh, came up. Uh, good evening. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, um, if there was a way to fix the rules or or solidify emoluments, a- anything. I yeah. Again, I don't see Trump uh, having enough clout or having enough charisma to really move the military. I I haven't seen that in him. And, you know, look at the way, again, I've really haven't been following much of politics, you know, since before Reagan. I mean, I was, I remember when Carter was president, but since then it seems the pendulum has really swung, you know, every, at least every eight years, you go from Republican to Democrat, then Democrat to Republican, and back and forth and back and forth. And I think a lot of it has to do with exhaustion on the part of the people, where people just get sick and tired of eight years of the same rhetoric. Or a scandal breaks out and you lose favor. That happens a lot up here because we don't have term limits. When I first moved to Calgary, um, we had an election and Jean Chrétien was elected prime minister and he stayed there for, I think, almost a decade. And it wasn't until a major scandal erupted that destroyed his party's credibility 
that the conservatives were voted in and the liberals voted out. A few terms later, same thing happened to Harper. So it it fluctuates. You know, people just, they, they get tired of it. And from what you're saying, Tech, it sounds like if Trump's starting to lose a lot of that momentum, maybe maybe people are just getting exhausted of him prematurely. So maybe there is a chance for something next uh, in 2020. There, there is definitely a chance. I mean, there are some Republicans who have said or acted in a certain manner that makes that, that could pique the thought, um, you know, stir the flame a little bit, just mm-hmm. a little tiny bit of, yeah, there's a few Republicans that if they were given the chance to vote against Trump, but to do so anonymously that they would definitely do it. But they would never do it openly because they don't want to be seen as somebody who doesn't support the party. Right. And see, this is the option to do anonymous voting is a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Because in one case of the scenario, you have potentially more people who are willing to step across that party line onto the other side and do what needs to get done for, for better or worse. Likewise, the other side or, or not likewise, but on the other side of that uh, sword blade edge, whatever (laughs) people won't know who voted for what. And they want transparency more now than ever before. So if they do it and nothing happens, there's going to be a witch hunt. If they, on the other hand, if they do it and they get Trump out, there's going to be a witch hunt. So it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. And the politicians are used to playing politics in a manner of do the thing that is most likely going to keep me in office and stay away from as far as possible from doing the things that'll get me removed from office. And you would think with that kind of mentality that they would do what the people are requesting of them. No, no, no. No, it's about perception of what is being done. And it's a complicated game. It's a very fine line that politicians walk. But they do it because there's power, there's wealth, there's control. You know, it's a megalomania's maniac's wet dream. Mm -hmm. It's politics. I just, I don't understand how Mitch McConnell keeps getting reelected. I just, I don't get it. It's Kentucky. (laughs) I guess. If if we could laser cut Kentucky out of the U.S. and then like launch it into space, I, I'm all for you know GoFundMe on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's um, it, it's a lot of things to unpack, uh, a lot of a lot of moving parts going on, and. I don't know. Personally, 
I think what's what's going to happen in the next little while, it's going to be interesting to see how both sides react. Um, I do occasionally listen to, uh, I, I, I hesitate to say news programs, but I do listen to a few sort of commentaries that are more right-leaning just so I can get in a, I try to get more of a both sides thing because I am, I'm definitely a centrist. You know, I, I try not to go too far either way because, well, I look at both sides and on sort of the more extreme, y'all are crazy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying there are some people there who are saying that if, if Trump endorsed oxygen, some people would hold their breath. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're not wrong. No. And, and these are people that I would then, you know, find on uh, the WTF news and I would post it. I would uh, do that, sh- do that stuff in second life. But that's uh, beside the point. But what I'm finding interesting is that a lot of these more conservative shows are also losing faith with Trump. They're, they're just looking at it and they are, they're aghast at the stuff he's doing and his attitude, which again leads me back to, it's going to, it's going to have to be the more moderate voices that are going to have to step up at some point. If one thing, if the Trump presidency has taught us one thing is that the so-called Washington outsider is not a good idea because it, because it sounds good, you know, yeah, I'm a rebel and, and I see things in more black and white than any politician ever could. And then they step into the ring and realize, I honestly, I think, excuse me, I think every president, every prime minister, anybody that steps into the ring and becomes the leader of their country has a gigantic oh shit moment when they finally realize just exactly how complex things really are. Which is one of the reasons why I think a lot of them aren't able to come through with a lot of their campaign promises is because they just, they they suddenly realize that this is not as black and white as we thought it was. There's, there's more going on here. But of course, they'll never say that because, well, I have to save face. I have to maintain my image. I have to chant, lock her up and call him Sleepy Joe and call that one, you know, whatever. Because honestly, I I think that's, hasn't Trump uh, also gotten the thing where he's done more rallies? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't stopped doing rallies. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's like, he's been on the campaign trail ever since he got elected, you know, just trying to, I guess, I guess in his defense, he's trying to keep the fire going, but at the same time, holy, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, uh, he, but he likes to hear himself talk mm-hmm. like I'm one to talk. And he likes the adoration. Yeah. He has to be the center of attention all the time. Yeah. He is Zeus who needs his prayers. Otherwise, he withers and fades away. But, <sighs> well, I think we've, uh, I think we've kicked this can around enough for tonight. Um, 
we did about a good solid 90 minutes. We amazingly stayed mostly on topic, which in light of the whole resurrection story, I thought we were going to go down a completely different rabbit hole at one point. And I can get away with saying rabbit holes because Shujin isn't here. <laughs> and neither is the person uh, <laughs> who would normally take offense to it. Yeah, TDTF, it, it, it is rare. We, we do meander a lot on this show, and it's largely because it's where the conversation goes. You know, if you've ever, you know, sat around with, with family or friends, you know, at the bar or at somebody's place, you could start on one topic, and by the end of the night, you'd end up somewhere completely different. It's it's not very often, and you know, to his to his credit, Shujin does give us a lot of leeway because just the conversation is what's more important, I think, than anything else. But tonight, yeah, it, tonight was one of those nights where we were actually able to hold things, uh, you know, pretty pretty close to the to the tracks this time around. But anyways, I think it is time to get out of here. So um, before I go, Bridget, any final thoughts? Fuck Pence. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that was interesting to return to. I put on my headset and all I hear is F Pence. I was like, (sighs) I miss. I wasn't gone long on purpose. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, and and Stephanie actually, she hit the nail on the head. Uh, it shows how worried everyone is about the current situation. Yeah. And this could be a powder keg, or it could be a gigantic nothing burger, or it could be something Trevor Noah gets us all to try to laugh about when he's trying to make a joke. What, you want to hear something concerning? Hmm. <laughs> try this one on for size. Um, in our history here in the United States, our forefather, one of our forefathers was uh, notorious for saying that our government should be overthrown by the um, general populace at, over a period of time. I forget the exact uh, quotation, but um, basically that the people need to rise up and refresh their government. Something we never did um, after we created it. And kind of just got comfortable and that was that. So we didn't listen in that respect. Well, I hear people quoting it now. And I'm going, oh, great. Am I going to live to see a revolution? Worse yet, is my son going to live to see a revolution? He might. Luckily, he knows how to hunt with a gun. (laughs) I mean, I'm good with a bow and arrow, but... uh, you know, I still have to go out there and recollect the arrow. You know what I'd uh, what I'd recommend, Tech, is um, just go find some place in the woods and lay low. I mean, like with countless other hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people doing the same exact thing. Uh, woods gets real crowded at that point. It's one uh. thing if it's one person going into the woods or one family going into the woods. It's another when your entire um, the entire population in the area decides, Hey, let's go hide in the woods. And it's even another story on top of that. When you already live in the woods and your house houses are like <laughs> built right next door to each other in the middle of the woods, yeah. there's really nowhere to go. Um, I'd have to go out in the Midwest, some quiet, really quiet, quiet area or 
you know, somewhere far up north where people don't go because it's burnt. Well, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan is about to get really popular then. <laughs> get, get to hang out with oh, all the oh. youpers up there, don't you know? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so when you put your headset back on and you, you heard Bridget's battle cry. <laughs> just, that's kind of, um, I don't blame her. Yeah, no, we were just getting ready to wrap up here. So um, any any final thoughts? No, uh, not really. Uh, okay. Tech, uh, anything? Many Americans are worried. We, a lot of us are worried uh, only for ourselves, you know, not so much for the rest of the world. I'm not going to say some are better than others because of it. Um, people are human. They really are. And... Some people are only concerned for their own well-being. Some people are only concerned for their family. Some are concerned for their neighbors and friends. Some are concerned for the whole country. Some are concerned for the world. I'm not going to tell you who's right, who's wrong, or even how I feel about any of those. What I do know is I am afraid for the world. I'm also afraid for my son. I'm afraid for my significant other, myself, and for a lot of other people. Um... Watching the news, I don't have PTSD, but there are some days it feels like it. Um, but I got to keep watching. I got to keep paying attention and see what's going on. More importantly, I've got to listen to the people talking around me. And I've learned to listen more and more to those people. Not in terms of following their advice, but just paying attention to what they're saying. So that way I know what they think, where they stand, how they react because if I have somebody around me who's going to MAGA hat, spray and pray, I need to know, do they work in my office? Do they work in my building? Do they work on my job site? Uh, do they work on the base? You know, so on and so forth. Likewise, the people who are level-headed, calm and collected, regardless of whether or not we agree on the same politics, but they are a calm, cool and logical thinking person. I need to make sure I stay around those people more often and talk things through with them to make sure that, and I recommend that everybody else do this. You have people around you who are known for being calm and collected, and they're known for being able to discuss topics that are of conflicting nature, like politics, abortion, so on and so forth but maintaining calm and being able to talk through things, even if you both end up disagreeing. Those are the people you want around you. Those are the people that you can in some way, shape or form rely on because at the end of the day, if the crap hits the fan, they're going to analyze, they're going to uh, react accordingly. They're not going to just randomly jump. Ah, oh, you're trying to take my guns away. You know, they're not going to be that person. They're going to be the, well, what does this actually do? You know, what do they mean by gun control? And so on and so forth. You really want to be around those people. So pay attention. The world is getting really crazy, really fast. It's not just the U.S. There's a lot of stuff going on in other countries right now, too. Um, 
And America is not stable. We're not able to help stabilize other countries at this point. So keep your eyes peeled. Keep your ears open. Good luck. I said I know it, I I know it sounds a little doomsday-ish. <laughs> yeah. No. But I, with everything that we've heard about climate change and with what's going on in the various countries right now with Hong Kong, with France, with you, India, with you name it, with here in the US, shit's mm-hmm. tipping towards a breaking breaking point of some kind of flood. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be biblical proportions or if it's going to be like a fart in the wind. It's, it, you know, tiny, small, makes a noise, and then it goes away. I, yeah. I don't know, but leaves a lingering smell that nobody wants to admit to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there's another Taco Bell reference in there somewhere, which, again, something from last night. But, I happen uh, to like Taco Bell. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, um, let me mute my mic. Just go ahead. <clears throat> Yeah, so, so maybe I do a bit of a, a freestyle at the end here, but um, I've talked before on this show about order and chaos and that one leads to another and leads to another. And again, in my, in my journey, in, in life's journey recently, I've learned a little bit about uh, Taoism. And no, I'm not studying anything like that because, you know, it's just more picking up the highlight reel. But the symbol of, of the Tao or the Tao is the yin and the yang. Everybody knows it. You've seen it all over the place. It's the black and white where you have a little bit of black in the white and vice versa. The Tao is what they call the way. <clears throat> and the way is actually the path along the border between the white and the black. And it is the path that you're expected to walk one foot in chaos and one in order one foot to the left, one foot to the right. Some people are jeered at for being what they would call a milk toast fence sitter or a damn dirty centrist or an indecisive MFR for that matter, because they don't subscribe to one political ideology or another, or one religious ideology to another. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that you shouldn't throw all your weight, all your eggs behind just one ideology. And maybe it's a little bit of Pascal's wager. Or maybe it's just the fact that the second you step out of your comfort zone and get out into the world, you realize that, yeah, if you've put everything behind one ideology, you're going to end up stumbling around like a blind fool for the most part, because not everybody and a a lot of not everybody is not going to agree with you. They're not going to fall in lockstep behind your specific set of beliefs And sure, maybe your charisma will get you so far and maybe you'll get a bit of a following, but you're never going to be an absolute authority just because of what you believe. And this is why I try to, I try to be a little bit more open-minded 
something my parents encouraged when I was young. And that's why I listen to pundits, commentators on both sides of, of these arguments that we're having these days, because I don't think either side is correct in what they have to say. I think the real truth, and I think the truth we all have to look for lies somewhere in the middle. And this is why I always say we need a more moderate approach. Otherwise, if we keep going with these extremes on either the left or the right, the, the conservative, the diehard liberal, the progressive, whatever you want to call it, we're going to end up with more presidency, presidencies like what we're having now. And we're going to watch people lose their minds unless we all just stop, take a breath and maybe start taking things a little more seriously in terms of, well, how do you want your country run? Is there anyone out there that will run it the way you need them to? If not, why not? 300 million people. That's a lot of power. I recommend start using it. Okay. That's about, <laughs> that's about as uh, philosophical as I'm going to get for tonight. Um, I want to thank the people over in open chat uh, who were here tonight. Uh, Stephanie, TDTF. Thank you guys for spending a little bit of time with us. Um, as always, we do appreciate it. And then I want to thank the panel. Uh, Tech, thank you very much for showing up tonight and not leaving me alone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be alone. You have Bridget. Well, I was going to thank her profusely too, because when I put out the call, I'm like, oh crap, nobody's calling. Nobody loves me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I realized after we had a brief little when I posted the link in ch in Discord and you responded to it, I should have said, hey, by the way, I'm making a pot of coffee. I'll be, I'll be upstairs in a bit on my computer. But I, I it, it didn't, you know. It's, it's just, all good. It's yeah, all so good. But sorry I freaked you out. No, it's okay. Um, and no, I, I probably would have said, I mean, one of my New Year's resolutions is to actually start up a podcast again. So blabbering incoherently in front of a microphone, it's good practice. <laughs> Although I should have yeah. brought more water because my, my glass of water went down in the first 15 minutes and I'm dying. <laughs> so again, thank you very much tonight, Tech. Uh, as always, I do appreciate it. Of course. Uh, Bridget, thank you. Uh, again, uh, I, I always do appreciate it. Um, you know, I know the boss isn't here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a little self-conscious, but yeah, uh, again, thank you very much for coming down tonight. And you feel like doing any shameless plugs? Uh, well, beyond the trailer park, we'll be back on, um, January 6th at nine thirty. Okay. Eastern. So yeah, we're, uh, taking a couple of weeks break. Always good. And, yeah. And you can send me a friend request on Facebook under Bridget Fitch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, just, wow, that, that silence wasn't awkward at all, was it? 
<laughs> All right. Um, and of course, that's for myself. Uh, I am the curator of the audio version of the show uh, over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. I realize it's a couple of weeks behind. Uh, bear with me. It's been a, an interesting couple of weeks. I'm actually on vacation now for the next two weeks from work. So the lead up to that vacation was a little intense. Let's just say kind of mentally draining. So, And plus there was a pool tournament last week. Yes, I do play pool in a league. And I love it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, as for us, of course, you can uh, you can check out past episodes of the show on, both on YouTube and over at our website at holycrapthevlogcast.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook that way. Our Twitter is, uh, I think it's at HCTV. Uh, let me double check that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or at Holy Crap TV. And I want to thank all of you for listening today, listening in tonight. Uh, I do appreciate it. Oh, I guess Felis was listening, just lurking. Okay. Lurker, no lurking. Lurker, no lurker. No, 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 no. Felis is, <laughs> is all good. She's all good. She had to put up with me last night, so she's putting up with me again tonight. So it's all good. But again, on behalf of all of us here at the show, and on behalf of those who didn't make it tonight, Joseph, Joey, and of course, Shujin, thank you. Happy we'll talk- New Year, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, you guys all take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and above all, have yourselves a good holiday season. Whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, if you're with family or with your alone, whatever. Just be good. And above all, be safe. And we'll talk to you next time. Until then, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.